Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea. Sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the sky above us for the weekend. Yay, it's Friday. And we have quite the weekend on tap with a full moon, Mercury turning retrograde before that happens, and Sun trine Uranus on Sunday. All of that spells woohoo! Excitement. There's that, right? But first, we have also have to acknowledge the passing yesterday of a woman who was beyond her time, who was ahead of her time. And even though here in the U.S. we are not part of a monarchy, I think everybody around the world can say that she was a woman of substance and that she actually left a mark on this world and certainly upon the British people. So for everyone around the world who the queen was a figurehead, our hearts go out to you and uh, to her family. Our hearts also go out to you. So let's say good morning to everybody who is showing up here. <clears throat> First, I saw awesome Tanya out there this morning and then Erica Dorsey. Hello, Debbie Tibbetts, Tumiel and Tammy Smith. Good to see you. And Christine Buckingham, Christine Buckingham, Amanda J. Hello, Tom. She's a tyrant. Well, she might have been, that is true, but she has ruled over a family and a uh, has been an icon in this world for a very long time. In fact, I would bet that no matter what you thought about her personally or about the royal family, all of us, I think, can sense that an ending of an era occurred yesterday. And there's some sadness and wistfulness around that, right? That we, that there's something that she hearkened us back to, right? A sweeter time, maybe a time of, you know, where the world was completely different. And here we are now in a world that's gone crazy. And sometimes we see, you know, this craziness all around us. Um, so yeah, we're going to feel many different things, no matter who she was or what she represented. And my guess is we only ever hear half the story, right? She was a person. She was filled with the same things that we are, with love uh, or the desire to love, to be accepted and to, you know, live out her life in the highest and best that she could. And that's all we can ask of anybody, right? So no judgment. I'm not going to stand for that here. No judgment on who we think she was. She was a person. She had impact on the world. And as such, we can honor her passing. Good morning, J-Lo and Gayla. Michelle Gay, good. It's good to see you. And she's mother, grandma, and great-grandma. Absolutely, Debbie. And in that, we can also, I mean, that's just like something that we can um, relate to, right? That we can relate to. And no sound. You guys aren't hearing me. Hmm. Let me make sure I'm not muted. My, my screen, I'm not muted. I'm not muted. And uh, let's see, I think I'm all, I, I, my settings, let me make sure my audio is set up right. Microphone. Yeah, I, I should be all set. So maybe it's on your end. Somebody else tell me if you're hearing me. Janet uh, or Tammy says, yes, Janet, her death was the ending of an era. Much respect for her. And I hear you, Lisa Valadez, good morning. Okay, good. So maybe it was just something um, on Erica's end. So that's good. But I had this thought this morning that I should put my headset on 
because somebody, and I don't remember who it was now, had said that the sound was better when I wore my headset, but I was too close to um, coming on air and I didn't want to, you know, mess up the system with Mercury turning retrograde today. I just did not want to do something different, right? Not a good time to do that. <laughs> uh, Pam Zaruba, good morning to you this morning. And Erica says, okay, good. All right. So we have a lot to talk about today, as usual, right? Um, we have Mercury, of course, turning retrograde. Um, that won't happen until later this evening. But what Mercury is doing at the moment is sort of hanging in stillness, not moving forward yet, not moving backwards, just hanging. We call that stationary in uh, astrology. It's a term that just means the planet has come to a standstill. So that leaves us with a certain amount of energy for the sign and the planet's energy, what it represents for the hours until we end up with some movement. Now, he doesn't actually turn retrograde until 8.32 p.m. this evening. That's my time. So 11.32 p.m. for those of you on the East Coast. And if you're in Europe or further beyond, it will be in to the early mornings of tomorrow when he turns retrograde. But for the foreseeable time, what we have is this stillness, Mercury at stillness in the sign of Libra at about eight degrees, 54 minutes. So almost to nine degrees. And there is this feeling then that we're left wondering, how do we balance things, right? How do we balance Libra, the scales, fairness and justice and equality and all of those, those qualities that Libra represents are all held in stillness. So along with that is tact and diplomacy and how do we politically work together in uh, in, in equal ways and within equality and so forth. Then as he starts to move retrograde, we begin to go to the inward place within ourselves where we will have to consider how do we need to balance? What do we need to balance in our own lives? Um, knowing that Libra is an air sign right? It's an air sign. So it has a lot to do with the mind and what we think about. And the one issue that happens with Libra as it relates to the mind is Libra's ability to see all the facets, right? All the sides of everything and then get caught up in indecision or in, you know, circular thinking going round and round, not being able to take any steps forward because of the mind's impact, right? Trying to see too many things. There's too many options. Um, things, you know, if I do this, then this, this, this can happen. If I do that, then that, that, that can happen. And, you know, all the places in between. So we, in some ways have to work over the next few, I think he doesn't go into, uh, he doesn't go retrograde back into Virgo until the 23rd. So we have a couple of weeks at least of having to um, look at our thought processes, right? To trim down the amount of, of information that is impacting our minds. So that when Mercury does retrograde back into Virgo, we will have some semblance of an action plan, something to do rather than to just think about. So it's an interesting Mercury placement because we have the mind and all of the things that the mind brings us, all of the possibilities that we are trying to calculate the probabilities for, and then eventually we have to actually do something with it, right? We have to take action. 
But if you spend all of your time in utter confusion, it will be very difficult when he retrogrades back into Virgo to determine what are my next steps. So we'll all have that. And it could be around your work. It could be around how you give back to people, your routines, your health habits, how you support yourself, your body, your health, because we're looking at Virgo and then Libra as well. How do we support our minds so that we're not in mental anguish or anxiety? So a lot going on with Mercury uh, turning retrograde this time. His next retrograde, by the way, will happen at the very end of December and be all in the sign of Capricorn. So there's a kind of feeling that there's a lot riding on what we do or think about at this point in time that will have impact on us as we go into the very earthly, grounded, forward moving or wanting to move forward energies of Mercury in Capricorn at that period of time. So lots and lots of, of, um, lots of possibilities and probabilities coming up. So tell me, how's everybody doing out there? What are your questions? What are things, what thing I feel out of touch since I didn't see you since last Friday, what's been going on in people's lives? How did the weekend, the three-day weekend here in the USA anyway, go for people? Let me know what's going on there. Uh, so let's see, we have, my dog and I are having a moment today. I stepped in her dog, you know what, this morning she got into the tra Oh, goodness gracious. Well, guess what we are dealing with here? Yesterday, I happened to be sitting out on my deck and I looked over at my neighbor's trees because the hummingbirds are always in those trees. And so I'm always liking to see where they are, but there were no hummingbirds in that tree. Guess what there was instead? A huge, like this big bee's nest, but it wasn't bees. It's black hornets or black wasps. I think they're called bald faced wasps and they're nasty. <laughs> they can really, really, they get multiple sting. They can bite and chew. They're not um, very nice. Yet I have not seen one of them around me. So ay, 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 but that nest has grown just since yesterday. They, my husband said they grow two to three inches a day. Yowza. So I just let my neighbor know this morning that he has this giant nest in his tree. So it'll be interesting to see what he does with um with that huh. so i'm wondering tom did you lose a dog now too um i know you guys had to put down your older cat but did you lose a dog i don't know i'm not seeing exactly what that tom says though i'm feeling the mercury retrograde and the full moon exactly and now we're going to take a look at two things. One, I want to look at the moon in Pisces because the moon's already there, right? The moon is sitting there in Pisces right now. And what does that mean for us in terms of the light? What's the highest expression of the moon in Pisces? And what's the lower expression of the moon in Pisces? We're going to deal with both. And then right after that, of course, comes the full moon in Pisces. And it's a doozy, a doozy as in a potentially good one, right? A potentially really good moon. Um, full moon, you know, they bring things into completion or it brings something to light, right? That, that, that brightness that sometimes reveals something to us. So, and we have good potentially um, aspects that are part of this full moon, but it all is based on what goes on in Pisces with our moon, because it's actually the full moon is the time when the moon and earth are both 
in the same sign. The sun is opposite the sun, or excuse me, opposite the moon and the earth. So the sun in Virgo, the moon in the opposite sign of Pisces and the earth as well in Pisces, which in human design means they are also in a conjunction at the same gate. And the gate that the sun is at is the gate 47 called the gate of mindset. So you can see that we're already being set up for something to do with our minds and the earth and the moon at the gate 22, the gate of grace or the gate of surrender in quantum human design. So we'll get into all of that. But first, let's just break down what is going on with our moon today. Well, today's actually an interesting day for the moon. She is in the sign of Pisces and she is in an opposition to planet Venus and a square to planet Mars. So while I look at that and I'm like, well, both of those are not necessarily positive or what we would say are good aspects. I believe that this gives us a lot of creative juice, like creative creativity, inspiration simmering just beneath the surface, maybe just beneath our mind that's trying to calculate all the different things we could do. But underneath that, if we can get into the more emotional space or the space between the mind and the uh, emotions, we might just have some inspiration here for where can our imagination take us? Where can our, um, if, if we can let go of some of the minds thinking, right, and chattering, where could we take this, right? Where could we go with our in uh, our heightened sense of creativity or imagination and creativity and imagination because everything comes back to the moon being in Pisces here and in the light Pisces is hugely sensitive so we have sensitivity as a light because it means that we might be more psychically in tune, psychically aware, which means psychic or intuitive awareness, gut instinct, or more instinctual, kind of knowing what we know, but maybe not knowing why we know what we know, or how is it that we know, you know, that we need to go in that direction when everything else seems to be tugging us in a different direction. So listening to our gut, listening to our intuition, and being inspired to create is all a part of the day and as well playing into the full moon. Now as well, beyond psychic and intuitive sensitivity and awareness, we also have emotional sensitivity. Now that might mean some people might be a little bit more emotional today. And emotions may be tearful, uh, may be joyful, may be anger. Uh, it, it, the, 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 the spectrum is wide as far as what the sensitivity is to emotion. Now, for those of you who know your human design, if you have an open emotional center or an open solar plexus, they're both the same. I call that the emotional center, but often, you know, the correct language would be the solar plexus. And if you have an open solar plexus, you are more prone to be picking up the emotional vibe from the collective or from the people that you are around and you might take it in and amplify it and rebroadcast it. So if you have an open emotional center, watch yourself today and even into tomorrow as um, you might be expressing emotions that might not be the truth of who you are or the truth even of what you're feeling. So take care with that. 
But as well, we have a Piscean moon that's very compassionate, selfless even in wanting to give or to be able to serve in some way. The opposite sign of Pisces is Virgo, right? That is where the sun is. And the sun highlights places where we could share of our gifts and our talents or where we might have a pathway of service. And that gets fed into the moon in Pisces where it connects with our compassionate or our empathic natures and then we can take action in more selfless ways for some of you that might mean activism right being activated or active in some way of giving of yourself to others for others of you it might just mean being the shoulder to cry on or being there for others as they go through uh, emotional turmoil but whatever it is Again, we go back to your emotional center. If it is open, you are an empath. And when we already have the energy of empathy ratcheted up, you might be feeling for others in more ways than what you would expect, right? To the point of even becoming melancholic or depressed over what you're feeling from the sadness of the world, right? The sadness of the people of Britain, um, the, the just all of that emotional energy coming up to the surface for some of you. So you want to be very watchful of that and ask yourself, whose feelings am I feeling? Is this mine? Right? Is this true to me? Is this really authentically my own emotion? Or am I picking it up from somewhere else? Now, this is also the sign of the universal or collective mindset. So when we're looking at the energy of Pisces, or we're looking at the energy of the gate 47 and 22, where the sun and moon are sitting right now, we always have to look at what's going on up here, what's in the mind. Again, a connection to what's going on with the collective, or what is the universal focus that we have at the moment. And understanding that we are all interconnected, right? All of us, even though you might not think it, we are a hive mind. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we move in tandem like the hive, uh, a hive of bees, let's say, or a collective of animals. But we do have the same uh, access to all of the things that everyone else is feeling, thinking, sensing, what have you. Imagination also triggered here during this moon, artistry and creativity uh, ratcheted up, uh, as well as our ability to, is it an ability? It might be a debility, but one of two things is happening. We're able to bring in that creative imagination and, and ground it into the world in some way, or it gets stuck up here in our creativity or, or in our imagination, and we're unable to do anything with it, right? It gets caught up in possibility instead of bringing it in and making it real or doing something real with it, which is sometimes the biggest problem in the sign of Pisces is there's the, the ideal, but then there's the real, and the bridge between the two is not always very obvious in Pisces, right? There's those possibilities and the different things that could happen, but not always the energy to make it happen, right? That that can be a, an issue for all of us. What do we do? We have these great ideas and we're inspired by these wonderful things, but how do I make it real? How do I bring it and do something with it, okay? Okay. 
Then, of course, we have the shadow energies in Pisces, which are usually about the victim and the savior, right? We have the victim, martyr, savior complexes that go on, often triggered by boundary issues, which is a, a problem for Pisces in the negative or in the shadow. And we have the whole host of feelings sometimes that don't, the not feel good feelings like melancholy, right? But remember that melancholy is also a part of the creative process. The creative process goes, moves in and out of the low energy waves where we might feel um, lethargy or confusion, or we might feel melancholic and then moves into the light again, where we feel excited or exuberant, or we feel energized around doing something. Um, but there's also the hopelessness feeling, the uh, confusion, depression, feeling, feelings. These are feelings, not truths, right? It may be true that in the moment you are feeling any one of those things, but it isn't the truth of who you are. So we have to be very careful that we don't characterize ourselves as I am depressed because you're making a statement to the universe that you are wearing the mantle of depression, but you can feel depressed or sad or low or confused or lethargic or tired or sleepy or any of those things, right? You're feeling them. That's where the authentic path is. It's the feeling and feelings change right? That they're, they're like moods. They move through many different faces and phases in any given day, right? In any given moment, depending again on who you are around, what are the aspects happening up in the sky, all of those kinds of things. And one last thing that we have to watch for in the negative of the moon in Pisces, and that is escapism, right? And how we escape is important too. Are we escaping into the depths of a game, uh, an AR game, uh, are we escaping into alcohol or drugs or are we binging on our favorite foods or our favorite TV shows? That in itself isn't the problem. The problem is it. what is it taking you away from? What are you using it as an escape mechanism, right? So um, totally different if you're just doing that because, you know, you're tired, it's, you've put in a good long day or something like that. And you just, you, you're conscious aware of what it is you're doing versus the mindless uh, stuff that we do when we are escaping reality. All right. So uh, questions. Uh, yes. Being seen, you know, our cats and dogs, they're so wise, really. She hasn't gone near that tree at all. So she, she might've even known, you know, way before I ever saw what was going on, that there was something over there. So I don't know, but definitely we're keeping, well, she's not in right now. She's decided she's wandering, but my neighbor just found out about it this morning. And so he can't do anything about it until it cools down or it's nighttime. Or I told him that he should get somebody professional to come in and do it because that nest is not small. It is not small at all. So anyway, good morning, Kajella, and good morning to, uh, I thought I saw somebody else out here and now I lost them, but whoever's out there new, uh, wonderful to join us and thank you for being here. And Erica, am I talking about you? I don't know. I might be, right? If it resonates with you, then I must be talking about you, right? <laughs> I think a lot of what I'm talking about this morning may be resonating with all of us in some ways as we are all fielding these 
these different emotions today, some of us in different ways, right? If you have open emotional, it's, it's a center, it's going to be much more impactful likely than someone who already has a defined emotional center where you are broadcasting emotion already. So, but that can also ratchet up some of the emotional energy that you're broadcasting. So we just want to be careful. Now, today we talked about the aspects. Tomorrow, of course, we have the full moon. I'll talk about the aspects for the moon that day. Um, we do have the void moon coming in at, let's see, that will be tomorrow at 529 p.m. West Coast time and will be over at 1148 p.m. And the moon on Sunday then will have moved into the sign of Aries. So it's interesting because the full moon in Pisces doesn't necessarily um, give us action. Um, it, it gives us the imagination. It gives us maybe the ideas, the inspiration, but we really get an idea, a better idea on Sunday, what the action steps would be. But of course, there's a little cosmic joke going on as in Mercury moving into retrograde today or tonight brings us now to six, seven planets that are in retrograde motion, right? Chiron, Uranus, Neptune, uh, Mercury, of course, and uh, Pluto. And I'm missing one, Jupiter, six planets retrograde. So when we have a lot of retrograde, we have a, a lot of inner work that we're doing. So a lot of stuff changing inside of us before we can actually take action steps to move outward. And of course, that's with us until next month when the first of the planets in retrograde turn to direct motion. So uh, you were highlighting the dark side of Pisces and listing all of the ways that I struggle. Ah, Now, it's not just you, Erica, because of course, we all have Pisces somewhere in our charts. And that's the other important factor here is to understand your chart because the house that Pisces inhabits in your chart is going to tell you about the area of your life where some of these low feelings might come in, but also where some of the creativity and imagination energy is going to take place. If this chart that I drew up this morning was a person, then it would have Pisces on the sixth house. Pisces on the sixth house, where might we have some low feelings? It might be around our body our body image or health issues getting us down. Um, if this were a person, it might be around the work environment. Um, you might have to imagine something different. You might have to imagine more about how it is you want to show up in, as a path of service to the people that you work with or the people in your family or your tribe or your community. So the house is going to flavor how it is that those Piscean emotions and those Piscean sensitivities are going to show up for you, right? So it's different for everybody. So there you have that. Now let's take a look closer at this full moon. I hope that answered your question, by the way, Erica. So it's not personal. It's uh, going on for everybody. And um, now as we start to look at this full moon, I also wanted to look at the Pleiadian earth energy for that day. And I did this quickly just as an afterthought. It's at five devoting. So the day tomorrow at the full moon is devoting energy. And I'm kind of torn here because that, that energy begins at sunrise and the full moon is actually at 6 a.m. And I'm wondering, you know, depending on where we live, is the sun risen yet? 
So we are, I'm waffling between, is it five devoting or does it land on four feeling, right? Four feeling or five devoting. You guys might, we might have to, we, we might have to talk to Pia and find out from her, which is the more correct one. Um, or does this new energy begin at sunset? Hmm, there's that question too. Got it. We, we got to confirm with her. Um, so if it's five devoting energy, then five is the energy of change, right? It brings us movement. So the universal energy of the five brings us the energy to change or to move or to redirect our energies, to reevaluate, reimagine all of those kinds of things. Devoting energy in the Mayan calendar was the dog or auk, auk, dog. And there's loyalty here. There's loving energy here in this. So there's also passion, but passion that's personalized in a way that is how we give back to others. So your personal passions, your personal love, and how it is that you want to give that back to others. And it's sunset. Okay, awesome. So we are, so, so, yeah. Okay, good. Joey Emanuel, good morning to you. Avanish, good morning to you. Uh, so anyway, it's going to be an interesting day, no matter what, with change in the air. Now, as we look at, there was a reason I wanted to go there, because the full moon in Pisces is kind of a woo-woo moon, a woo-hoo, woo-hoo, exciting uh, opportunity maybe for us to break out of old patterns. We've been working on this, but some people, even some places in my own life, uh, in my own beingness, I am feeling still kind of stuck, ready for a breakout, ready for a breakthrough. And is this full moon going to be the trigger that finally allows us to do that? I would say that it's quite possible. Um, this full moon links is linked to a trine uh, to our increased intuition, right? So Neptune is involved here. And links change, excuse me, not the trine. This is what happens when you use your own shorthand in your notes. You, some of you know I have a science background. So when I was in chemistry classes, we always used symbols. So my symbol for change is the triangle, which happens to be the trine. So I'm looking at my notes going, links to what trine? <laughs> links change. <laughs> change. The symbol of the triangle here was for change that links to our increased intuition or self-awareness or the, the increase in our self-awareness, our consciousness, right? So as we think about the moon in Pisces and how it links us to um, our intuitive gifts, right? Knowingness, psychic ability, just sensitivity, even emotional or otherwise, it gives us this idea that the things that we might want to or need to change would be something that comes to us through our more intuitive or instinctual natures. And there's also Uranus at this full moon that's in a sextile to the moon itself. And a sextile, remember the, the words that we use to connect the planets, they're just the relationship words. The sextile relationship is a good one, right? It's a benefic condition where the two planets in the signs that they are in can talk to one another. They may not speak the exact same language, but they can certainly um, understand one another. So we have Uranus and Taurus, 
and Taurus as an earth sign wanting to simplify, wanting to be, you know, fully in the sensual nature of things. And then we have the full moon in the sign of um, Pisces. So we have that sensuality that's linked to like the senses, our senses linked to our intuition. So that links our doingness to our beingness. So it's an interesting time. We do have to watch out though, because we also have uh, a, an uh, applying aspect between Saturn and Uranus in a square. We've had this going on for a while. In fact, the last time they were exact was in December of 2021. So just before we had the new year, I want to say it was at the winter solstice, even the last square, the exact square of these two. So Saturn is form and structure. Uranus is revolution or change. So we've had that those two linked in a challenging aspect over the last couple of years, actually. So earlier in 2021, uh, late 2020, that was, you know, forming, coming together. And here at this full moon, we have the planet Uranus at 18 degrees of Taurus, and we have Saturn at 20 degrees of Aquarius. So we have an, an Saturn in retrograde. So he's moving closer. He is applying pressure to the square. So what we see is the upending of forms and structures, right? You could even look at, you know, the queen's passing as the ending of one type of form and structure that's paving the way for a new one. We could probably say that the monarchy will never be the same again, right? That that Charles brings a different energy to that particular institution, that form, that structure. And of course, in our own lives, this is happening in our own government here in the USA, that is happening all around the world. We are in that outer world dealing with new forms and new structures that primarily the purpose would be to create sustainability. If it's not sustainable, it won't last and it won't even probably get much off the ground. So we're dealing with that again. And that often brings up the feeling of change that we don't necessarily want. Now, in your own personal life, that could be happening too, right? You may not want to pare down your expenses, but if you don't, then you might not, you might start having problems being able to pay all the bills. You may not want to necessarily change that job, but if you don't, your health is going to suffer. We could go on and on with what it is that's needing to change, but change is necessary because we need to evolve. So there's evolutionary pressure here. And we bow to evolutionary pressure. <laughs> we don't much have choice. This is the evolution of consciousness on the planet. So as we're moving through this evolution, we have this pressure along with this full moon to change in some way. Now, the good news that could bring us unexpected opportunities, unexpected excitement over something right? We might be really excited for something that's, you know, possibly happening or that, that the pathway has been opened up for us to, to address uh, a change that maybe we've wanted to make in our lives, right? Or in our, in our world. Uh, the queen was a Taurus. Ah, yes, that's right. And Charles is a Scorpio. Interesting, because that's, of course, where the nodes are. 
right? The South Node and the North Node. It is also interesting to note that the next, if Britain continues on with the monarchy, the next rulers are all kings, right? Three kings, we three kings, right? Charles, William, and um, George. So at, at least that's how the line of succession goes, assuming nobody, you know, dies or something changes in the meantime. So I thought that was interesting. It brings an end to a female monarch, brings back a male monarch, uh, and Charles completely different than his mother is, obviously, right? So uh, there, so the full moon itself has a lot of powerful energy with, associated with it. And by the way, that occurs at 3 a.m. West Coast time tomorrow morning. 6 a.m. if you are on the east coast of the USA and about 10 a.m. universal time, which means, you know, Europe and, you know, calculating it out a little further. So everybody basically has this full moon occurring on September 10th, right? Now, I also want to look at the human design aspect or the astro design here where we are blending both the astrology and human design to get maybe a, a better look at what is going on here. And also maybe even taking it a little further and looking at it through the gene keys. But first, let's just look at where the sun is going to be during this period of time. And the sun is going to be sitting in the Ajna, which will be the second center down, the gate 47. So that is basically over the right eye of the, um, <laughs> of the diagram. So, or yeah, sits in alignment with that, with the right eye. And it is called the gate of mindset. And that's in more traditional human design. And we're, we're looking at then the sun really highlighting in Virgo, where are our minds? Where are our thoughts? How are we, what, how are we thinking about what are we thinking about? So the how and the what of what we're thinking. And you know, for a lot of you, I, I've talked to a lot of you lately, and a lot of you have been on this like hamster wheel thinking process, right? Going round and round, which is confusion, which has caused indecision, which has caused a lot of issues. The opportunity here then in the full moon with the sun, right? The full moon is the reflection of the sun's light on the moon. So we have to look at the sun and we've got to be able to see what is it that is going to help us make change possible. And it's going to be the mindset. And the mindset here is going to have to be about what is possible, right? This is the possibility sort of, of mindset. And even if you have no clue, no idea how you're going to make something happen in your life, it's okay, right? Uh, if you don't know what to do, right? To get the possibilities into reality. You have to trust that in the right timing, the revelation, the epiphany, the aha will happen and it will be revealed to you what your next steps will be. All right. Trust is a huge part of this full moon here with the sun at the gate 47. Um, colloquially, we call it the gate of stinking thinking in human design sometimes because it is a gate where your mindset can get caught up in the doldrums. It can get caught up in anxiety thinking. It can get caught up in the more negative aspects of thought processes, seeing, if you will, the darker 
negative side of things rather than being open to seeing, well, what more is possible? Yes, this thing's happening over here, but what what's possible, right? What more could it bring for me? What new things might that be opening the doorways to? So the sun at the gate of mindset, really helping us to reshape what we're thinking about. Mercury going into retrograde is also kind of on that same theme. Reframing, rethinking, reevaluating, reimagining possibilities. Not just what is, but what could be, right? So what could be if we actually got out of our own way and we stopped, you know, by the preponderance of thought, creating the world around us in the more negative aspects of the world. So we have to be open to those possibilities, even if it means it makes us uncomfortable because we don't know yet what that means for us or what what that direction is that it's going to move us. Now, the moon and earth conjunction, right? They're in a conjunction and they are at the gate 22. Now, the gate 22 is on the emotional center. So we have emotion as a part of this as well. So the emotional energy of grace in more traditional human design and surrender in quantum human design. So first of all, it's on the emotional center. So we know it's going to have a lot to do with mood. We also know that it is going to be creative. There's the potential for creativity energy here. We also know that because it's the moon and earth, primarily because it's the earth that's sitting there, that is going to pull up a challenge to us. There's going to be something that's going to challenge us to change the mindset that the sun wants of us. And the challenge is likely going to come from the emotional quadrant of our lives, right? What's the emotions that we're holding? And, you know, sometimes when I'm doing readings for people, they don't know what they want, right? So they, they come to the reading, they know they want something or they know they're being challenged by something, but they're not, they don't have clarity around it. So they're looking, you know, for answers, right? Or to get direction. So here, our direction is following our passion, following your emotions. What are they telling you? Low emotions might be telling you to hold that maybe you're in a creative um, uh, inward focus at the moment. It, it could also be telling you that you're focused on the wrong things because it doesn't feel good to you. So you, we, our emotions are giving us information. If you're feeling good, excited, or you're um, you know, hopeful, then you're likely calibrating with your heart and calibrating with the heart means that you're preparing yourself to follow that creative energy to your heart's passion. And in this arena, we have to trust. We have trust again, and we have to trust that we are supported, that no matter there, there is no universal God source princess, whatever, telling you that you can't have what you want. That isn't true. That's a thought. So be abundant by following the source of your passion, following your excitement to what it is that you really love, aligning yourself with grace, aligning yourself with abundance. Interestingly enough, uh, the last week, let's see, it was on uh, September 4th, so Sunday, this past Sunday, uh, the planet Uranus moved back in, in retrograde backward into the gate two, 
which is on the identity center, which is the center, the seat of the soul. It is the center of your identity and its themes are all around love and direction. So Uranus, his revolutionary energy, his energy of change back at the gate too, which is called the gate of allowing. So there is something about direction here in allowing for change to occur, allowing ourselves to align with our hearts, right? To align with what we really love, opening up to allowing all of that flow of abundance to come to us because otherwise we may put up blocks to it. You know, we may say, oh yeah, we want this or we want that, but we're by our thoughts or by our emotional <laughs> awareness, we are blocking it. So Uranus putting us in a position of needing to be uh, aware of being in allowing. And I'm just checking really quickly in my little ephemeris here of 2022, because I do believe Saturn is still at the gate 49. Remember Saturn and Uranus in a square. Now Saturn can sometimes dig his heels in. He doesn't necessarily, he, he, his brand of change is one step at a time, right? The planner, right? There's this planning to it. Um, so that, that form and structure changes in a predictable, maybe even logical pattern, right? So that's what he's, he's holding us to that, but he's also sitting at the gate of revolution, so even Saturn at this point in time is in a very destructive mode, destructive with change that is of a revolutionary sort. So that is also feeding fed by Uranus in this square. So some things could be surprising and upsetting to us. Remember I said it was change we don't want, right? That's being foisted upon us in some way that we need to be okay with because it signals the path of evolution for our consciousness. So holding on teeth and nails is holding yourself to an old mindset even um, is not going to be favorable, right? It's going to make more anxiety or stress for you. So the better option is to just allow and to go with the flow of the universal energy and where it's taking us. So Yay, yay, yay. Now, questions, people asking um, maybe about what's going on uh, in their charts. Um, when looking at my chart, Erica says, there is nothing there in Pisces. The only energy I know is that I'm in the third decan of Scorpio, which I believe is Piscean energy. So is that with the, the sun, I think is what you're talking about there, right? Because you are a Scorpio, third decan Scorpio would be Piscean energy. But if you have, and some people may have no planetary energy in Pisces, but that doesn't mean and nothing is going on there because now you have a very powerful moon transiting through there. And you also have transiting Neptune moving through there. Neptune and the moon in this case are in a conjunction, but it's a far enough away conjunction by six or seven degrees that it's not necessarily activated at the full moon, but just post full moon, she, the moon is moving toward Neptune. And so there is energy here, right? So there's intuitive awareness, maybe of where your Scorpio baggage might be, <laughs> right? What Scorpio baggage do you need to let go of? Um, what Scorpio change, what 
how is Scorpio energy holding you back from making the changes that you know you need to make? Or how is it supporting it, right? Scorpio also is an energy, Erica, of passion. So, you know, for you, it should be almost like second nature to follow what you love, follow your passion. And that means that on the way towards your passion, you might just be shedding some things, right? Things that don't support you in that passion or in the expression of that passion, in the expression of the new you. So you always can look at the sign, even if it's an empty house, find out who the ruler is. The ruler of Pisces is Jupiter and Neptune. So you have two planets that you can also look at in your natal chart to find out how they may be affecting the house that this full moon is going to be in. So of course, we're getting into a little bit more of the, um, what can be confusing to people, right? We're getting into the more complex nature of astrology, but hopefully that helps, you know, maybe crystallize a little bit more for some of you that just because it's an empty house, it doesn't mean that nothing's happening there ever. Even in your own natal chart, an empty house has a lot going on based on the planet that rules it and where that planet is and what planets are transiting through that house at the time you're asking a question or dealing with an issue. Ah, J-Lo, I have Mars and Lilith sitting there in Pisces. Is that what you mean, J-Lo? If so, uh, tell me more about that. Um, Christine says, so this full moon urges us forward and the Mercury retrograde holds us back. It's not that the... It's not that the Mercury retrograde holds us back, although there might be an element of that. But I think what you might, if you're being held back, it's because something isn't quite clear yet, or the backstory isn't complete yet, or the foundation work isn't complete yet. Now, we're going to have a lot of these days coming up with the foot on the gas, foot on the brake thing, right? Where we're feeling like we're marching two steps forward and then find out we have to go back one step. That's going to be something that plagues us the rest of the year. Mars moving into retrograde in October, Mercury retrograde up until just about the time that Mars is going to, we're going to have a little, we're going to have windows of time where action can move forward and, and periods of time where it kind of slows down, where the re-re's happen, right? We can reimagine, reevaluate, replan, reimagine, edit, proof, all these different kinds of things that are, are more, um, more inward focused rather than externally focused. Okay. So we may be going back and forth like that throughout the rest of this year and even into the beginning of 2023 as Mars doesn't clear, doesn't end retrograde till January 12th, but doesn't clear the retrograde zone until somewhat late February, I think it is. And then doesn't even change signs until late March. So we have a while of this kind of stop and go. And a lot of it kind of goes back to, if we followed all the threads and all the trails, it goes back to the mind, the thinking processes. What are we overly focused on? What are we not focused on? Are we too focused on the details and we fail to see the bigger picture? Are we too focused on the bigger picture and we miss totally the little you know pebbles that are in our way, the details that we might need to then go back to clear those in order so that we can go forward again. So I hope that makes sense to everybody. Okay. Um, it's helping us reevaluate all that has been and will be. And that's how she sees it. JLo, that's exactly right. 
Thank you so much for saying that. Amy D, good morning to you. So what is the circle with the cross in it? That is in my 11th house in Pisces. That is called the part of fortune. It is a mathematically derived point in your chart where you can find the most joy in living. And in the 11th house, that would mean joy from being a part of a group or having networks of friends or people that you're associated with. Uh, from being creative, especially if it's Pisces that's there, being creative and imaginative, having an, a very intuitive side. But also there's a humanitarian aspect here, a selflessness that can come to the surface that would bring you joyful expression in the world. So that is what that would be. Uh, that's a great question. Um, da, 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 da. Amanda J, we have huge change here, not just the passing of the queen. Oh, yeah, I did read that one. So, yeah, you guys uh, are going to have a lot of things. You know, I, I would imagine that there may even be questions arising about whether or not you need a monarchy still. If, if there's a is, is there benefit to a monarchy? Is there benefit in that tradition? I, I don't know. I'm not saying there is or there isn't, but I know it's already been mentioned in the British press over the years, especially. Uh, do we even need the monarchy? I think there's even an anti-monarchist movement at some, you know, in some ways going on there. Um, so we don't know yet, right? It remains to be seen what the will of the people are going to be. Uh, okay, so I'm going to draw us a couple of cards. In the meantime, Please, if you are watching this today on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button to indicate that you're liking the video. And then you may, if you haven't yet, hit subscribe so that you become aware of when it is that I'm going live. Uh, but you also need to hit the little bell. The bell there is saying to YouTube, please notify me when Janet comes on air. If you are watching me this morning on Facebook, hit the like button and also for wherever you're watching this, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, please share the video with your friends or your networks. Uh, there, I said it, Tom and JLo. Thank you for those reminders. And somebody else who said that to me this morning out there uh, about sharing and <laughs> doing that. Uh, Gayla, I missed this comment. I have fifth house in Pisces, feeling sad, but also had a magical encounter. Time to clear the air and the soul. And the fifth house is all about creativity, love and romance, creating with childlike enthusiasm, dealing with children even. But there's also an element here, Gayla, of putting your butt on the line, right? Putting some, some initiating some risk out there uh, in your life in some way. That, you know, if you've been overly cautious or um, careful, that it might be time to be cautiously risky, right? To, to step outside of the lines just a bit. Um, I'm not saying go hell bent for election and throw away, you know, all the things you know to be true. Uh, but taking some risks could really benefit you here um, during this particular lunation. So uh, hopefully that's helpful. And... Let's see, Erica, the money of the monarch being redistributed to the people sounds like a good idea to me. Their operating budget is millions of dollars. Heck, it could be billions. Uh, yeah, there's that, right? Uh, I'm wondering. I'm just wondering, just wondering, right, about so many things that have to do with money and economy and our huge 
focus and fascination with money, right? And to our own detriment, right? Where we have these very, it's becoming much more distinct that there is the poor and that there is the wealthy, that the middle ground, the middle class, I guess they used to call it, is really kind of murky anymore, right? And, you know, the I, I, I'm torn with this whole idea because I'm not going to say that, you know, people who have, you know, amassed millions haven't done work and made decisions that supported them in creating wealth because they have. Um, but there's always the thought too about, well, how much of that wealth came off the backs of people that did the work for them that they didn't pay in, um, you know, living wages. There's a lot to this whole issue around money and abundance. So my thought about all of that is to focus on what you can do about it, to focus on your own abundance, not so much about you know, those billionaires who have all that money. And if they just redistributed that money, we would all be better for it. Um, because likely that is never going to happen, right? That is never going to happen. But what you can do is focus on the things that are opening up the opportunities in your own life to move toward abundance, because there's nothing there in your life that says you cannot have everything that you want. That's only a thought. That's only a belief that you might be holding. So, um, Tom, Canadians are still suffering the genocide and thievery of the colonials, colonialists, uh, Erica Coffs, Jeff Bezos, right? There's so, you know, let's bring it home to us as individuals, right? We can blame, we can shame, we can guilt trip, but that all takes us into the negative, right? It's not to say that those things haven't happened. That doesn't negate what has happened but we individually need to focus on our own backyards and what we can um, affect by our own attention, time, dollars, et cetera, okay? And that does have an impact on the greater, wider world, right? Grassroots movements are favored in this period of time that we are in, right? I often think about, you know, if women, mothers in particular, banded together irregardless of their political leanings and said we won't tolerate children going to bed hungry not in a world that has plenty of food right we won't tolerate children going to school dirty or whatever not having access to clean water that the world would change right the, the world would change so we have that power we just don't exercise it because we'd rather sit and blame jeff bezos or the queen or whatever right for the problems and that's not to say that what they're doing is right and it's okay it's to say that you can't get anywhere by blaming others <laughs> all you can really do is take action in your own way along the lines of your own passion right so if you're passionate about you know the fact that you know people like Jeff Bezos are, are doing more harm than good, then go out and say something or do something that makes progress in that direction. Even if it's your own little, you know, pebble that you add, you never know when the scales can tip in the favor of change, right? So, uh, all right. Now let's do some cards. I do want to do a spirit animal card. Somebody, oh, oh, I know what else. 
I want to do a galactic heritage card, even though this particular moon and sun connection are not necessarily sitting on top of a star system that, you know, wakes us up to um, something, you know, specific. We can still go to the stars and ask the question, what do we need to know for this full moon? And first of all, I'm in. Uh, oh, I got two cards, spider spirit and snake spirit. They're neighbors. <laughs> you know, I have been in this deck so many times that to find two cards in sequence is really interesting to me. 55, which is a number uh, that comes down to 10, the number of change, and 56, which is an 11, the number of enlightenment. Snake spirit says time to heal. Spider spirit says make your dreams real. They were both upside down, right? They came out upside down. So we have a protection message, but I think we have a big, important message by both of these. 55. Hmm. Snake spirit says time to heal. And it says no matter how much you may have lost or how you have been disappointed, you are called by snake spirit to shed the past and practice radical self-acceptance now. Only by forgiving yourself can you move on, regardless of whether anyone else is ready for healing. When your tender new skin first becomes exposed, you may feel uncomfortable. Love yourself and remain vulnerable anyway. You have been weak, but now you are becoming strong and developing wisdom, and you will do better in the future. Snake Spirit reminds you that hearts can be so easily wounded. Apologies and amends go a long way. Self-forgiveness for your role in what happened can help you heal. Remember, it is the one who has been wounded who often has the greatest power to help others heal. That's a great message, right? Time to heal. Snake. Shed the skin. All right. Now, 56 is spider spirit. Spider, right? Isn't it interesting? I've had spider, the bee. I haven't had snake. That's good. <laughs> Upside down, though. So we have a protection message that says, are you expecting your dreams to weave themselves into reality? Are you stuck in the sticky web of weaving dreams, but never following through? The thread of intention isn't enough to make dreams a reality unless you do your part. Take action, right? That's what I'm always saying now. Take action. Uh, so unless you do your part in the weaving, spider spirit wants you to know that your plans will remain ephemeral unless you commit to being productive and industrious for spirit will not do it all for you magic needs to be instigated so begin to make your dream a reality by taking action today even if it's just one little baby step what are you willing to do what are you willing to sacrifice can you release your limiting beliefs your dream is worthy of weaving Today is the day to choose one small step toward your dream. Remember, spirit is your weaving partner. You just have to be the first one to bring the thread to the loom, then continue to do your part. I couldn't have said it better if I did myself, right? So again, upside down. So we have maybe some blocks to that energy. Now I'm going to pull a galactic heritage card, even if it is after nine, my time. And let's see, because I just... I don't know. It called to me this morning from down below. It called and we haven't seen this deck in a while either. And yeah, happy harvest moon. That's right. This is the harvest moon. I forgot that Christine. So we have 
I don't know what we have. I have two cards here. Blind Enthusiasm, the Pleiades of the Past. It's interesting, we're getting two cards today. And 95, which says Way Showing, which is serious of the future. So we have Pleiades of the Past and we have uh, Sirius of the Future. So let's see if we can't figure out what this means for us. The first one out was Blind Enthusiasm, card 42, um, which is, of course, a six. So we have some balancing to do perhaps here. And this was of the Pleiades. So Pleiades of the past. A habitual pattern of the Pleiadians when they were a young species was to become very excited about an idea and implement it without thinking it through. What are the far-reaching implications of these actions? Who benefits and who is hurt? Take a good look at the times you may have done this in your own current life. In the eyes of the universe, there are no mistakes. However, everyone has the responsibility to see beyond their own excitement and try to make choices that support the whole rather than simply the ego's desires. So this card refers to a time when the Pleiadians were young and very idealistic and enthusiastic. Like a big puppy, they often excitedly bounced from one plan to another without thinking things through, sometimes offending or hurting those on the other end of their plans. This is a quality of most young people and species, and through lessons learned, we eventually grow out of it. The Pleiadians today still have a tremendous amount of enthusiasm, but it isn't blind, so blind any longer. They have learned patience, temperance, and respect in regard to others. One of the significant signs of a matured person or species is they can make decisions with their eyes fully open and never infringe on the rights of others or force a reality on others or become self-centered in their plans. The Pleiadians have achieved this state, but humans are not yet there. If this card has come up in your reading, look to the other cards to see if it might be a Pleiadian karma or memory of yours. Are there other cards with a similar theme? It may simply be a warning about your actions in this life as a human. So maybe if we take it in tandem with the animal cards that came out for us, we can see how that might weave together. Now, 95, 95, serious. And this was called way showing, way showing serious of the future. Now, this card says, in the ancient past, Syrians were conflicted about being leaders or staying hidden. They saw this as an either or situation. Now that they have evolved, they realize that being a leader is not an aggressive or controlling role. True leaders lead from the heart without ego desire and from a clear sense of inner direction that is aligned with universal consciousness. In the ancient past, you were also conflicted about this issue. But now is the time to release this karmic pattern and no longer have fear about being a leader or a way shower. You don't have to do anything to lead. Simply being is enough. This is an era of enlightened, serious consciousness. To successfully evolve, Syrians had to heal some of their deepest fears. One of these fears was about leadership and its responsibilities. They resisted this role, but soon realized that it was part of their spiritual path. They eventually accepted it with gratitude for being allowed to be of service. If you pulled this card, it most likely means that you have leadership qualities. It may be asked of you to use those qualities now. Recognize that being a leader or teacher can be subtle. It may be as a leader or teacher in your family or community. Do not fear this ability within you, but at the same time, 
Do not force it to manifest. Do not be, or the best leaders are those who don't necessarily want to lead, but simply lead by example. Another possible meaning is that you might be attached to the idea of becoming a leader, and this desire is coming from ego rather than your true self. In order to know which, if any, of these options is the correct interpretation, go honestly within yourself to find the answer. This card may also be referencing a lifetime in which you were a leader. Use your intuition and look at the other cards and your life circumstances for further clarity. The simplified message, every being is a leader and teacher for others. And as we all embrace this role, we also have to embrace the responsibilities that come with that role. Integrity, impeccability, responsibility, and authenticity. Some of my favorite words. All right. That is it for me today. I hope you all have a splendid weekend. I will see you on Monday. Take care and bye for now.